because I'm going to talk tonight about something that is the most dangerous subject in the Bible, but yet it is the most unheard of topic talked about in the pulpit. Tonight, by the grace and the Spirit of God, I want to instruct and teach and impart to you tonight on a teaching on the unpartable sin, the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. I want to talk to you tonight about it. So tonight, our text will come from Matthew chapter 12 and verse 22. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 22. Can I encourage you to do something? If you don't have a Bible, get you one. And if you don't know where to get one, just get with me. If you ain't got one, ain't got the money for one, get you one. Trust me, I read the Bible every day off of my phone. But I intentionally every night try to sit down and flip open the pages of the B-I-B-L-E. I think there's just something more personal. Come on. I, 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 excuse me real quick while I just share this. Every other correspondence in our life comes through that phone. Social media drama, backbiting, baby mama drama, wife drama, husband drama, school drama. It all comes through it. And I taught last week, I don't know, God's got me on these weird things on Wednesday nights, just, just, just going for it. I taught last night on a thing called desensitized. And I believe, I believe that even our phones have desensitized us some, to some things. Come on, somebody. But I believe that there's something sensitive when you open the book and you'll sit down and you'll read the red letters and you'll sit down and you'll study line upon line and precept upon precept and there's something intimate about holding this thing knowing that as John said that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was God and the Word was with God and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld His glory. There's something powerful about having a Bible. So I encourage you, get one. Don't be numb to just... Going on your phone, Matthew chapter 12 and verse 22 says, Then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind and mute, and he healed him. And so that the blind and mute man both spoke and saw, and all the multitudes were amazed and said, Could this be the son of David? Now the Pharisees heard it, and they said, This fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the, of the demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts, and he said to them, Every kingdom that is divided against itself is brought into desolation, and every city or house that is divided against itself will not stand. If Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, uh, by whom do your sons cast them out? And therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? And then he will plunder his house. And he who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. And therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven. But 
the blaspheme of the, against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Watch. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, Jesus, it will be forgiven to him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, whoo, But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him either in this age or the age to come. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Have mercy on us. Father, as we will indulge in your word tonight, cut every heart that needs cut. Cultivate every heart that needs cultivated. Call every name that needs called. Father, that we would see the sensing of your spirit. and Father, that this church would be able to be like one of the seven in Revelation that said, Behold, he who has an ear to hear what the Spirit is speaking to the church. Father, we ask that we would have ears to hear what the Spirit is speaking. Father, allow us not to be blind and deaf, but rather, Father, that we would have the revelation and the hearing, the vision of what you've called us to that is only imparted by way of your spirit. Now, Father, tonight I would ask God as a mere man that the anointing oil of heaven would flow over the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. Let me speak the holy oracles of God as a man that is anointed by you, Father, to do what you've called me to do. Father, in my own flesh, I'm inadequate. I can't do it without you. And so, Holy Spirit, I ask you now tonight to allow me to expressively speak the word of God to these people. I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. And the church said, amen. amen and amen and amen and amen. Jesus is brought a demon-possessed man. And as he is, it, 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 here are some things that I don't really want to get into, but I'm going to kick the rabbit just so y'all can see it run, is the fact that when the demon-possessed man is brought to him, uh, here's what you need to understand, that the man is blind and he is mute. Notice this, that the demon's manifestation is directly connected to the man's health condition. Hmm. Anyways, all right, we're going to be quiet in here tonight. That's okay. And so when Jesus cast out the demons, the infirmities leave the man. I wonder sometimes in the church, really, if it's not as much sickness as we're dealing with as it is demons. But anyways, we're, we're going to leave that alone for another night. So as this, this, this uh, demon-possessed man is brought to him, Jesus heals him. And when he heals him, the Bible says that the Pharisees were there and they began to condemn. They began to combat and they began to come against the work in which Jesus was doing and said that the work that he was doing was of the devil. It was of Beelzebub, which, is, uh, the, the, which would have been known as a high-ranking demon. Literally, uh, Beelzebub, if you study that... that 
his name means the Lord of the flies. And uh, there's a significance of flies and generations. What I truly believe that Jesus was dealing with in this moment was a generational spirit. All right. Anyways, we'll talk about that another time. And so as Jesus begins to deal with a generational spirit, religious folk that are close by and in proximity begin to speak out in their minds even that he, what he is doing and the, by the way of which he is doing it, it's a work of the devil is what they begin to say. And so in this moment of Jesus proceeding, even their very thoughts, he begins to instruct them and tell them. He tells them that there is, there is, there is every sin will be forgiven. Blasphemies will be forgiven. Even blasphemy against the, the Son of God. But the blasphemy against the Spirit of God will not be forgiven, not in this age or in the age to come. And so what we find, watch this, is now we find what we will now know in the age of the church as the unpardonable sin or what many would would reference as the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. And so I want to break this down. I want to teach and talk on this because I understand and I want to introduce to you tonight something that I believe is the most dangerous thing that a person can do. It is the most dangerous thing as a person of mortal being that we can do. It is the utmost worst sin that you can commit. People say, well, there's not, you know, there's not different levels of sins. It's, you know, no, no greater sin. Yeah, there actually is a greater sin. It is an unpardonable sin, and it is the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. And so I want to talk tonight and introduce to you what I believe is one of the most inner, uh, is one of the most dangerous subjects in the Bible, the sin of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. But before there's any gut punch, and before I even get into the message, because I've seen and heard so many teachings already on this, uh, and before some of you are here tonight and you begin to think and slouch in your seat and you think that you're headed to hell, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to know this. I want to teach on this before I do. I want you to see that blasphemy of the Holy Ghost is not as much as a single event as it is a series of steps. I'm going to teach you tonight. I'm going to show you this in Scripture. Because what many of us have grasped on is the idea that blasphemy of the Holy Ghost is a single event. Now watch, can the Holy Ghost be blasphemed in a single event? Absolutely. But I am convinced that nobody gets up one day and decides I will blaspheme the Holy Ghost. I believe that there are steps in a man, there are steps in a woman that we begin to walk towards blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. And I believe that there is six steps that even lead up to the fullness of of what many will classify and what I will even teach tonight on blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. But the idea of the blasphemy of the Holy, of the Holy Spirit is, is not a single act, but it is yet progressive steps that ultimately lead to the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And I want to go through those steps tonight. Um, I can tell you by the authority of the Word of God tonight, listen to me, that if you are here and you are under the sound of my voice, and there are people even probably here or that will watch online and you're going to come to this message. You're going to, you came into this message since I announced even it. Some of you are sitting here under the sound of my voice and you're saying, have I committed 
the unpardonable sin? Am I guilty of blasphemy of the Holy Ghost? Or did, I, did I do something maybe in an unconscious state of mind and now God's not going to forgive me? Can I tell you that if you are here tonight and you have any consciousness of God, that if you desire to serve God in any kind of way, if there are things in your life that even though you know they are wrong and you're trying to get out of your life, but yet you are convicted about those things, if there is any kind of subtle, the fact that some of you are here tonight, unless you were, unless you were hogtied and brought here, it makes me believe that there's a good chance that you have not blasphemed the Holy Ghost. Well, how can you say that, preacher? Because the Bible says that no man comes unless the Spirit draws him. The Holy Spirit will not draw somebody that he is damned and, 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 and lifted his hands off of. So if there is still a wooing in your life, if there is still a drawing, if there is still a desire to flee unrighteousness and to run towards holiness, if there is still any kind of uh, conduct in your life that says, I want to please God, then, then we need to debunk the theology that, that there are people that are blaspheming the Holy Ghost and you're going to hell. The fact that the Spirit is drawing you tells me that the Spirit's not done with you. Okay. So now that we can set that straight, I want you to understand that as we get ready to indulge into this. Because I'm telling you, there are people right now under the sound of my voice that you have not blasphemed the Holy Ghost, but you are well on your way there. Because I do not believe that the blaspheme of the Holy Ghost is, is something that somebody just one day decides, I am going to blaspheme the Holy Ghost. I'm just going to speak out evil against the Holy Spirit of God. And can I tell you something just so we're clear? Because I, if you've got questions, you can type them in. But blaspheme of the Holy Ghost is not saying GD. It's not using the Lord's name in vain. I'm going to get into what blaspheme of the Holy Ghost is, but some of you under the sound of my voice, you've done things, you've done things, and you've said things, you've, you've thought things. And some of you, you're like, oh my gosh, I thought this, I must have blasphemed the Holy Ghost, I'm going to hell. If you don't think that this very topic, and, and, and honestly, you know, woe to me on the idea that I have not taught on this topic uh, it, much even prior up leading to this, because I realize that there are so many people, even people under the sound of my voice, that you have struggled in your relationship with God because you have questioned if you are guilty of blaspheming of the Holy Ghost and somebody somewhere one time told you that if you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, you're going to hell. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how, many, how much tithe you pay. You're going to hell. And while that is true, that is true, I do not believe that blasphemy of the Holy Ghost is a single act that one day we just get up and blaspheme the Holy Ghost. I believe that it is a condition of the heart that we're going to look at tonight that moves us to a place to where we no longer regard the holiness of the Holy Ghost. Did the religious leaders blaspheme the Holy Ghost above? Absolutely. Absolutely. In the text that we read in Matthew 12, there was, a, there was an undeniable blaspheme of the Holy Ghost. And I'll teach on that at the end. But I want you to understand something. Their hearts, watch us, were already headed towards it. Their hearts 
we're already headed towards the blaspheme of the Holy Ghost. Well, well, how can you say that? Because they had already rejected the Messiah. They had already refused his teachings. They had already rebuttaled things that he said. They wanted to, to dispute and to discourage other people that would want anything to do with Jesus. And I want you to know that their hearts were already hardened to a place where their flesh could speak things out openly that we would know is blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. So let's talk about these steps of blaspheming the Holy Ghost. The first step, if you're taking note, the first step towards blaspheming the Holy Ghost. You ready? The first step towards blaspheming the Holy Ghost is something that the Bible calls quenching the Spirit of God. 1 Thessalonians tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 19, it says, Do not quench the Spirit. Oh, I'm going to, I'm, listen to me, I'm going to teach you tonight on how to blaspheme the Holy Ghost. And, and because what's going to happen is as I teach this, we're going to get heavier and heavier on your hearts and on your toes. And some of y'all going to say, my God, I ain't blasphemed the Holy Ghost. But if I keep going the way I'm going, it will happen. Can I teach tonight? Thank you. First Thessalonians tells us to not quench the spirit of of God. So the first step towards blaspheming the Holy Ghost is you got to quench the ghost first. See, the word quench here literally means, watch this, in translation, it is the same word to extinguish a fire. So the Apostle Paul is telling the church in Thessalonians to not allow the fire to die. He is not, watch this, he is not talking about pouring water on a fire. You ready? He is talking about quit, or he is, he is talking about people that are quitting putting logs on the fire. If I wanted to put a fire out, I would pour water on it. But if I wanted, I'm about to teach, if I wanted to quench a fire, I would quit giving it what it needs to live. So when Paul was talking to the church with the Thessalonians, he was telling them, do not quench the Spirit. In other words, he said some of you are guilty of what the Holy Ghost needs to feed off of. You are holding it back from it allowing it to burn. See, if I want to quench the Holy Ghost, all I have to do is quit allowing what the Holy Ghost needs to flow freely. See, he's not talking about pouring water on it. It's the kind of quenching that would be that similar to negligence. It would be a refusal to continue to add wood. That's how you quench a fire. You quench a fire. Watch this. I got I to gotta stand on this tonight. You quench a fire by refusing to add wood to it. You quench a fire by refusing to add wood to it. How do you quench the Spirit of God? You refuse the Word. You refuse prayer. You refuse instruction. You start refusing church. Oh, come on. You refuse. You refuse. You quit giving what it needs to move freely. Next thing you know, you have a spirit that is quenched. When you go to the Holy Spirit and you begin to hold back 
and you begin to deny and you begin to refuse the things which the Spirit wants to do. Can I tell you that the first step towards blaspheme of the Holy Ghost often just looks like pure disobedience. See, when I look at the Pharisees, they didn't just blaspheme the Holy Ghost. The first thing they had to do was quench the Spirit. See, they refused, watch this, they refused what God sent. God sent Jesus, their Messiah, and rather than be open to it and allowing the Messiah to speak into them and allowing the Messiah to breathe into them, they refused him. And in refusing him, they quenched the Spirit. The second step to blaspheming the Holy Ghost. You ready? The second step is that the Bible tells us of a word called grieving the Spirit. So the first step into blaspheming the Holy Ghost is we quench the Spirit. But then once we give way to quenching, now we can give way to grieving. Go with me, if you will, in your Bibles, and we will look tonight at the text in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. Ephesians 4 and 29. You ready? Woo! It's about to get good. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has forgiven you. You ready? When he is talking about grieving the Holy Spirit, watch this, watch this, you ready? He is, he is talking about the concept of how the Spirit is grieved on how we treat one another. Some of you say, I would never blaspheme the Holy Ghost. Yeah, but you'll blaspheme one another. You talk junk about one another. You'll backbite one another. You'll downright out try to do one another. You'll be jealous over one another. Come on. You'll get, all, you, you'll get mad over one another. You'll, you'll, you'll tear your brother down. You'll tear your sister down. Talking about, I would never blaspheme the Holy Ghost. Blaspheming the Holy Ghost is already started when you start blaspheming one another. See, grieving the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with you. Has nothing to do with you. You ready? Watch this. Quenching the Holy Spirit has everything to do with you. Because you resist what the Spirit's wanting to do. It's all dependent on you. You ready? Watch this. Grieving the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with you. And it has everything to do with the way God feels. When God sees bitterness, malice, people cursing, fussing, their mouth, anger, rage, fits of rage. The Bible tells us that it grieves the Spirit of God. Watch Genesis 1. God comes walking in the cool of the day, asking Adam and Eve after their fall, where are you? Where are you? And we find the first grieving of the Holy Ghost. We find a first grieving of the Spirit of God that God wanted something from man, but man totally disappointed God. See, 
Grieving the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with you. Or it, it, grieving the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with you, but it has everything to do with God and how he feels. When you grieve the Holy Spirit, it's something that you do to him. It's something that you do to him. It's an act against the Holy Spirit. You grieve him. You make his heart heavy. My God, maybe, just maybe, we would be more conscious of the way we talk when we realize that when we just say all kinds of foolery out of our mouth, that we are grieving the Holy Spirit. You say, preacher, I would never blaspheme the Holy Ghost. Well, let me tell you something. Grieving him is a step on the way to, on the way to blaspheming him. I'm trying to teach tonight in a manner that you understand that you may not get up one day and just blaspheme the Holy Ghost, but if you continue in the works of the flesh, you will sow and reap according to the flesh. The third, the third step towards blaspheme of the Holy Ghost, you ready? Is what the Bible calls resisting the Holy Spirit. So first, you, first you quench, second, second you grieve, now thirdly, you resist him. It's progressional. Somebody say it's progressional. Watch, Acts 7 and 51. Stephen is preaching. He says in Acts 7 and 51, this is moments before he is stoned, seeing Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Acts 7 and 51. You stiff-necked, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always... The Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. See, before somebody will ever blaspheme the Holy Ghost, there is a fruit in their life of resistance towards the Holy Ghost. They will be resistant towards the Spirit. They will be resistant towards the working of the Spirit. This phrase, watch this, literally means to combat. When it says resist, it literally means, he he said, you always combat the Holy Spirit. Whatever the Holy Spirit's doing, you're always trying to do the opposite. Whatever Holy Spirit's saying, you're speaking against it. Come on, somebody. Not blasphemy, but well on the way there. This is the phrase that means to combat the Holy Spirit. This is where the Holy Spirit asks you to do something. And you say things like, no, I'm not doing that. It's quiet in the house of the Lord. See, this is the stage where we're wrestling with the will of God. This is the stage where God is asking us to do something by his spirit. And we are telling God deliberately, no. Mm -hmm. This is the part where we take our own desires over the desire of the Spirit of God. This is the point where we actually are resisting what God wants to do in and through you. The fourth step, the fourth step to blaspheming the Holy Ghost, you ready? Is what I would call the vexing of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 63 and verse 10 says this, but they rebelled and vexed his Holy Spirit and therefore he was turned to be their enemy. Woo! And he fought against them. You see the progression of this, don't you? There was a quenching. There was a grieving. There was a resisting. But now there is a vexing. 
The vexing, watch this. The vexing literally means, it's a relationship word, you ready? Literally means to become frustrating. Watch this. Do you understand that after you quench the Spirit, that after you resist the Spirit, that after you, you, you fight against what God is wanting to do, there comes a point where the Holy Spirit and God gets vexed by your actions and He will become frustrated in the relationship. Come on, somebody. See, once you begin to quench him and begin to grieve him and once you begin to resist him and when you resist him the relationships becomes frustrating to him and that vexing spirit watch this creates a place where you see things through a bitter lens this is the place where people get bitter this is the place where they feel like everybody is against them this is the place where, 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 where divisions are born. This is the place where discords are born. This is the place where people feel like it's a me against the world mentality because they have vexed the Holy Spirit and they are rotting in their own depression. They are in a place where God was pulling and wooing, but they would not heed his spirit. And now the spirit is vexed by the actions. He's frustrated in the relationship. And the Bible says that in some cases he would turn Turn them over to a reprobate mind. In other words, if you want it, go get it and let it get all of you that you wanted to get. This is the place where God says, if you want it, go have it. See, that vexing spirit creates the place where people become bitter. This is, these are the ones, watch, that dislike God. They don't like Christians. They disregard the Bible, making mockery and memes about it. Always despising and laughing and scoffing at spiritual things and matters. See, it's in their vexing that they literally, in the vexing of the Spirit of God, watch this though, everything around them begins to turn bitter. Bitter. The fifth step is what Scripture calls the despising of the Spirit of God. The despising of the Spirit of God. Hebrews 10 and 29. Just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant which made us holy as if it were common and unholy. And having insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. In other words, they despised the very thing that God said, I'm going to use it to bring you back to me. The final step before you blaspheme the Holy Spirit is that you ultimately despise him. You're saying things like, don't talk to me about God anymore. Leave me alone. All they want over there is your money. You despise the church. You hate spiritual leadership. 
You despise Christians. You despise preachers. You despise the word of God because you despise God himself. In all of these steps, it's first the quenching, then it's the grieving, then it's the resisting. All these steps lead up to what we now find after the despising is what we will know is the blaspheme of the Holy Ghost. Before I get into the blaspheme of the Holy Ghost, I'll just talk briefly on it tonight, but I want you to understand something. See, many of you, you need to understand, as I told you in the beginning of this message, that the mere fact that many of you are here tonight is proof pudding that you haven't blasphemed the Holy Ghost. My concern is not whether or not you've blasphemed the Holy Ghost. My concern is, is are you on your way there? Because while you may not have blasphemed him, some of you have quenched him. While you may not have blasphemed him, some of you are resisting him even right now. While you may not have blasphemed him, some of you are, are, are even at the point where you are despising. Oh, come on, somebody. You're despising. Critical in spirit. Critical in talk. God's moving and all you want to do is talk about everything that's wrong with it. I caution you, brother. I caution you, sister. Don't allow the devil of despising to enter in your heart because he's got another motive. He's got another motive. It's a slow fade. It's a slow fade that the enemy, he's not going to make you rise up one day and just blatantly speak out against the Holy Ghost. It'll start when the Spirit comes on you and you push him back. And then he'll come and whisper to you and you tell him, I don't want to hear what you got to say. And he'll try to throw his arms around you and love you and you shrug him off. It's not an instant thing. It's often through the hardening of your heart. But it all starts... When we quit feeding and we start the refusal of adding wood to the fire of the Holy Ghost. The sixth and final thing that I want to talk to you about tonight is the blaspheme of the Holy Ghost. Matthew chapter 12 verse 31. After Jesus perceives their thoughts, hears what they're saying, he begins to speak directly because the Bible, watch this, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing the soul from the spirit, the bone from the marrow, and discerning the very intentions of the hearts. That's what the word of God does. And so now John 1 is in Matthew 12 that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And standing there, the word begins to discern the very intentions of their hearts. And the word begins to speak and he begins to cut and he begins to slice because he realizes that they are standing there and they are saying that what he is doing is of the devil. And Jesus gives him a class, a 101 what we will know is the unpartable sin, the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. He said, therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven, men. But the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven to him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. 
there's three parts of the, of the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost that I believe the Lord gave me that I want to I share with you. You ready? Briefly, quickly, and then I'll get to your questions, and, and we'll do some older work, and it'll be good. But the first thing that I see in the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost, you ready, is the first thing is, is there is always a deafening. There's always a deafening. The, the Pharisees, watch this, the Pharisees were in the proximity of the word that had become flesh. These were men of the law. They were studiers of the Torah. They would have known uh, books upon books of, the, of what we would know as the Bible. Uh, it, they, would have, they would have been able to expound line upon line and precept upon precept. These men would have been rigorous in their teachings. They would have been thorough in their studies. But yet these men who knew the natural word did not know the, the word that was standing in front of them. And watch this. They were deaf to it. That they could hear the word speak, but they received nothing from it. Woo! And what I have seen in the church is there comes times where the word of God is going forward. But as the Bible said, it fell on deaf ears. There are people, watch this, just because you're listening doesn't mean that you're hearing. If you are listening, it does not mean that you are hearing because if that was the case when Jesus spoke and he spoke in parables, he said to them, hear, hear. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. In other words, you can have ears and not hear. And so... In the, in the blaspheme of the Holy Ghost, there always seems to be a deafening. There seems to be those that have numbed themselves to the cutting edge of the Word of God. We sit under anointed preaching. We sit under anointed worship. We get in the Word and read it, but yet it falls on deaf ears, and we no longer hold a regard for the very Word of God. The second, the second phase in the blaspheme of the Holy Ghost, if you will, is what I see as a deadening. There is a deafening, but then there is a deadening. It's where things that once lived are now dead. It's as though that there are limbs in the body that have gangrene. They're attached, but there ain't no life in them. Come on. Can I teach in the house of God tonight? There is a deadening. Watch this. These men, these Pharisees, they called themselves men of God. They called themselves religious leaders. They called themselves the leaders of the church of that day. Watch this. They had the member, but they had no movement. And there was a deadening in that limb. There was a deadening in that part. And when, whenever the blaspheme of the Holy Ghost is, is set, being set up in people's lives, there is a, there's a deafening, but then there's a deadening. You're no longer moved by the Spirit. When the, when the Spirit moves, everyone around you feels it, but you're numb. Y'all real quiet tonight. I'm cautioning you, brother. I'm cautioning you, sister. I know that your heart would never be, let me just go blaspheme the Holy Ghost. I'm not telling you that it's an instant thing. I'm telling you it's a fade in your heart to begin to speak against the very thing that's drawing you unto God. 
The third phase of the blaspheme of the Holy Ghost is there is a damning. There is a deafening, there is a deadening, and then there is a damning. There is a damning. I said there is a damning. The Bible says that there is a way that seems right unto a man, but its end leads to death. We have to understand that there are there are ways, there are things, there are things that we can do in our life and we can cut, think they're good, we, they can feel good, but in the end, they could be damning. Damning, done, signed, sealed, damned forever. And that is what the enemy wants in people is that if he can bring in the subtle grieving of the Spirit, the quenching of the Spirit, the resisting of the Spirit. All of a sudden now the hearts of people become desensitized to the Spirit. And now they grow deaf, they grow dead, and become damned. It's never anyone's intention, it's never anyone's heart to say, I'm going to blaspheme the Holy Ghost. But it's a condition of the heart. When our hearts get so numb to the things that used to move us. What am I telling you tonight? I'm telling some of you, the best thing for you to do is quit quenching the Spirit. I'm telling some of you, the best thing for some of y'all to do is quit resisting the Spirit. I'm telling you, whatever He's telling you to do, you better do it. Because by not doing it, what you're doing is you are deafening yourself. You are deadening yourself. And there is a damning that's coming because you're not being sensitive to what the Spirit of God is saying. Brooke, if you will, come on up to the altar real quick. I want to answer, I'm going to answer some questions, but I... I feel a pull from, from the Spirit of God that I just want to be obedient to tonight. I believe that there's some people right here, right now, under the sound of my voice. That the truth is, is that tonight you came in here with an idea. You said, man, a message on the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. I want to hear that. I've, I've never heard a message on that. I want to, I want to hear that. I want, I, I, I want to hear what he's got to say. But see, what you're finding out is that your concern tonight is not the blaspheme of the Holy Ghost. Your concern is tonight that you're here and you've been quenching the Spirit of God. You've been resisting the Spirit of God. You've been distancing yourself from the very thing that's been wooing you, calling you, cultivating you. It's here in this moment, even some of you under the sound of my voice, you're vexed. You're frustrated. God, why ain't it going the way I thought it would go? And God's saying, remember that time I told you to do this and I told you to do that? And you shrugged me off and you said, no, I got it. Well, now you got it. See, there's an amazing thing about the God that we serve. That if we will just cry out to him, he will run to where we are. He will rescue. 
He will redeem. He will restore. He will revive. He will break every chain. He will shatter every yoke. He will destroy every demonic attack. He will do it. But we have to get to a place that says, God, I need you. God, I need you. God, I need you. Stand with me all over this house briefly and quickly tonight. I sense in my spirit tonight that no one here is convicted that you've blasphemed the Holy Ghost, but I sense an overwhelming response in the spirit that some of you are realizing that you're being deafened to things that God's been telling you to do because you've been negligent in doing the things he's told you and his voice which once spoke so clearly is now becoming numb. I'm confident tonight by the Spirit that there are people here and you would say, God's been dealing with me, but I've been pushing them off, I've been pushing them off, I've been pushing them off. It's the quenching of the Spirit that leads to the grieving of the Spirit. It's the grieving of the Spirit that leads to the vexing of the Spirit. It's the vexing of the Spirit that leads to the distancing of the Spirit. All these steps leading up to the point where men that never intended to will then begin to turn around and what's holy, what's righteous, what's of God, they'll begin to say, that's not of God. That tongues, that's of the devil. That prophecy, that's of the devil. They'll go and they'll begin to speak blatantly, 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 blatantly. They'll turn around and they'll attack the very thing that has been trying to call them and set them free. Here's the amazing thing. The Pharisees stood bound. And yet they could not realize the one that could set them free was within feet of them. If they would have just cried out, I want to be free too, he would have set them free. If you're here tonight and there's a tug of that spirit, woo, that Holy Spirit that's pulling on your heart, and you feel a pull to this altar, will you come right now? Come, come, come. You don't even know why, but you're just feeling drawn to come, 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 come. Don't quench the spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Come, come, come on. Come on. He's speaking to you and he's saying, hey, that's you. You got to be up there. Go, 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 go. Don't resist the spirit. Just come, just come, just come, just come, just come. Make us sensitive again, God, to your spirit. Make us sensitive, God. Make us sensitive. Show us, God, that when we're faithful with little, God, you'll make us rulers of much. Show us, God, that when we move in the little steps, God, you'll eventually cause our feet to walk across oceans, Father. You'll eventually cause us to walk through seas, God. Lord, we thank you, God, that when we're faithful with the little things, God. That song is in my spirit tonight. Word of God, speak fall down like rain. Can you sing that song? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're here tonight, I feel like there's, there's at least one more, and you're feeling a pull from the Spirit, this could very well be the opportunity where God is teaching you the obedience to just lean in to what He is saying. If you're here tonight and you feel that subtle pull, to come to this altar. There's, I believe even by the Spirit that there's some that are here tonight. And you're saying, I don't know why I feel that. I don't know why I feel that. That's Him. Just give way and give into it and see what God does. See what God does. If you feel that pull to this altar, maybe you're somebody that you don't never come to the altar, but you feel that pull tonight. Would you come? Come, come, come out of obedience. 
Because I believe that God's got something for you tonight. If you're just stepping out in obedience, you'll come to him and say, God, I'm coming to you. Because he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him.